0: Well, welcome to a place of shelter. Um, It's a safe place um, to support those who work in hospice care. That's our intent. Um, I'm Chaplain John. I serve with Queen City Hospice in Cincinnati. And today we have Chaplain Will Verhoff of Capital City in Columbus. Um, Will, we're delighted that you're here. And uh, ready to hear what you have to share with us, I know you have a, a, a story to tell.:
1: Hello, John, it's good to be with you. Great. And I'm reading from a book called "Small <clears throat> Pardon me, Small Miracles." It was put together by a couple of Jewish women who collected miracle stories, and since then they've published like seven. Books like um, Soup, whatever the name of that series was, Soup for the Soul. Mm -hmm. They have a a series of seven books, miracle stories for love and and healing and all kinds of things. So they're really interesting stories. And this is just one of them. Yeah, I'm interested to hear it. All right. My mother, a widow, is practically destitute and relies on me for financial help all the time. As I am not particularly well off myself, this represents a tremendous pressure. Most of the time, I seem to be able to bear this burden and with equanimity and good humor. But every now and then, the strain wears me thin. Such was the case last month when my mother's air conditioner went on the blink during the worst heat wave of the summer. For the preceding few months, she had been practically needy, uh, particularly needy. There had been unusual expenses to carry in addition to regular ones, doctor bills, summer clothes, a brief trip to the shore. It seemed as though no day had passed that she hadn't called me about a new bill she wanted me to pay. So when she called and told me she needed a new air conditioner, I snapped. Not now, I screamed, slamming down the phone hard. That night, I came home late from work and found that my apartment resembled a steam bath. As soon as I opened the door, the hot air hit me instantly, and beads of sweat began pouring down my face and body. Thank goodness I had central air conditioning, I said to myself. As I moved the dial on the meter to the on position, I waited for the cold air to come pouring through the vents, but nothing happened. I suddenly realized that the slow, steady, vibrating hum that always signified the functioning of the central air conditioner was missing. I can't believe it, I muttered to myself in dismay. The central air conditioner, which has never given a minute's trouble to me, is broken and on the hottest night of the year. It was even... 11 o'clock at night, and too late to call a repairman. I would literally have to sweat it out until the next morning. I was so uncomfortable that night that I couldn't sleep. I tossed and turned, showered repeatedly, gulped down cold drinks, but nothing helped. It was unbearably hot outside, and I was in misery. Suddenly, I sat up in bed. Oh my gosh! I thought guiltily, my poor mother, if I, a healthy 41-year-old, am experiencing such tremendous discomfort, what is she going through? How could I have been so insensitive, so uncaring? I felt overwhelmed with shame and remorse at my callous behavior the day before, at my lack of compassion for my mother. But perhaps I was not entirely to blame. Perhaps it had I had not really understood how oppressive the heat could be. I had finally gotten a glimmer of what she had been experiencing when my own air conditioner broke down. First thing in the morning, I'm going to buy her an air conditioner. <laughs> I immediately resolved. I won't even go to work until I make sure the air conditioner is installed in her bedroom. No, better yet, I'm going to buy her an air conditioner... For every room, satisfied with my envisioned act of expiation, I settled back into my pillows and closed my eyes. Suddenly, I heard the most welcome noise in the world—the whirr the air conditioning motors and a reassuring hum. Cold air blasted through the vents. I gasped in wonderment, disbelief at the impeccable timing, and then I knew my penance had been accepted the end and the comment at the end. We think that concrete physical actions are the only possible manifestation of our benevolence. But in fact, just the thought of doing a good deed is powerful enough to affect a change in the universe. Mm. So that's one of the many stories that are here and, that one I liked because it it had a redeeming message to it, part of the whole message of forgiveness. It seems along yeah. that that line, which is an imperative. We always want to
0: be forgiven, but forgiving is the hard part. <laughs> it is. It's uh, not an easy thing for us uh, to forgive. Even ourselves, you know, for her to come to that place where she finally, you know, felt the remorse and um, to actually come to a place where she kind of like expressed her own repentance, you know, such an important part of healing, I think, for us. Right. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I had another case of that that I've used in a sermon once or twice. Long story short, I went with a couple of other clergy to on a trip to Rwanda five years ago, and in the process, heard of one of the many stories. They're in recovery, basically from a genocide, right. is what they call it. And one of the, the, one of the priests that we were dealing with, a terrific fellow, and met his wife also, she had been raped by one of the, the enemy. Mm -hmm. who was a a fellow who lived in their community. And she was just saddled with that and then discovered that she ended up getting AIDS as a result. And they didn't know what to do about it. They prayed about it. Lord, take this away, et cetera. And they then got the impression that God wanted them to pray for his forgiveness. He said, how could we ever do that? (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) to be able to forgive him and after whatever length of time that they had been pensive and solely in prayer they decided okay I can forgive him now so they called him over went to his house or whatever and explained to him that they forgave him for what he did and he apparently was just a a, a crying sack of (laughs) Of a container of tears of just, how could you do this? You have, wow. Right. He was blown away. Right. So wow. the next thing they discovered one way or another that she had been healed of HIV. Oh my. So it was just like, wow, there's a, it's a double, it's a, <laughs> the forgiveness sandwich, the yeah. top and the bottom.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And
1: we're in the middle.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because uh, there is, um, I mean, Scripture does call us to forgive, you know, our enemies and to forgive those who, you know, have hurt us. Um, and then somehow when we do that, we experience the forgiveness, too, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, the healing power of power of God's grace and love. Remarkable. yeah, Remarkable. Well, would you like to close our time in prayer?
1: Sure. Let's place ourselves in the presence of Jesus. Lord, thank you for the gift of life and for life everlasting in and through you. We thank you for the opportunity to speak to others through this medium, which is a marvelous thing. And we wish everyone a good, productive, and safely uh, I have the word maneuvered, but that's not exactly what I want to say, but in this as they uniquely go about their day mm-hmm. and we pray for forgiveness wherever it's needed either to forgive or be forgiven and especially to forgive ourselves for for this and all else you know to be on our hearts and our minds we live to you now and give you thanks and praise amen amen
0: well will thank you for your time today, and um, usually close um, with a little benediction that um, the Lord would keep you as the apple of His eye, that He would hide you under the shadow of His wings, and that you would know more and more how well you are loved. And with that, um, we we wish you grace and peace. Thanks for your time. Amen. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.